When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. Cashton Dairy Farmer Tucker Greedebeck admits the thought that he'd get paid for conservation he's already doing was hard to believe. While now his cooperative Organic Valley is investing in its own supply chain to reach net zero carbon. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report. Organic Valley is offering incentives for their farmer members to implement conservation practices. Tucker Greedebeck and his family are one of the farms to benefit. But it didn't happen without seeing environmental destruction firsthand. A big rain event led to a flood in 2018. It wiped out several area dams and it washed out necessary shade for their grazing dairy cows. Organic Valley and other organizations were able to step in with a solution. Tucker Greedebeck tells the story. When the flood happened, we had 14 inches of rain and the dairy cows and everything up on top. You know, we lost three dams in our local area that were made in the 1960s that closed off a whole valley. And so one dam like, like ours backed up like 25 acres of water, 40 feet deep. It was uh, after this, you know, huge rain event. And two days later, we, we had a Whole Foods. We did a farm tour for them, and we were still in shock and, and whatnot. But it was just so evident to see what, you know, the practices that we put in place and, and all Organic Valley farmers, because we graze. The, the farm fields on top, you, you didn't even know anything happened. Whereas you went to the valley and it was total destruction. Even in the valley where we had grass, so you'll see we had a, you know the hay field down there. Everything that had grass on it was absolutely fine, but where the buildings were and underneath the buildings where there was no grass, you know, 10-foot holes where the earth just left. It really changed our focus. Number one, you know, we, we were so happy that we went grass-fed and our whole top, you know, shed the water. It took in as much as it could before it ran off. So it's it's that kind of thinking that, you know, kind of evolved us. The same practices that Organic Valley is asking their farmer members to put in place, you're seeing um, it in action and uh, you're seeing a difference out of this. So was it a no-brainer then when you met and you were talking about other ways to sequester carbon or other practices to implement on-farm? So part of this climate change task force, so, so Organic Valley was talking about insetting and possible pilot programs for, for these practices. Monroe County was looking for the same thing, you know, so everything that we've been working on, you know, countywide, they wanted to implement something. And we had a 20-minute meeting down at Snowflake Ski Club with, and Organic Valley was there and Monroe County, so, and Land and Water from the state of Wisconsin. They were asking me what my needs were on our farm because it's on top and when we were a grazing farm, rotational, you know, flash grazing. The one thing that that I need, where the farm drops into the valley, we used to be able to pasture that off. So once the flood happened, there, there's no pasture left in the valley. It was filled in with, with sand, basically. So the cows, during those hot July, you know, 100-degree days, you know, I used to take them you know, for a mile and a half walk down the valley where they had shade, where they had running water, that option left. So in my head, you know, the greatest thing I could do was create shade for them. And and you look at, you know, how you could do that, and it's just so unaffordable. This is where everything just kind of 
happen. And there's, it's a project that, that I had in my head, but I knew we'd never be able to afford it. And if we did, you know, we'd be planting, you know, one row of trees a year for the next 20 years before I got the whole farm done. What happened here was the whole group, so everything from land and water, NRCS, and Organic Valley, we sat down, we came up with a plan, and it was so much bigger than anybody like NRCS. Finding somebody that was willing to do something like this apparently isn't the easiest thing. Where I jumped at it, it this is an opportunity of a lifetime for me. I can't think of a bigger project in my head knowing that, that trees, you know, take down more carbon than anything. So I'm, I'm doing something good for the earth. The next thing is I'm doing something good for the cows because those hot days are horrible on them and they need to be out there eating. So if I got, you know, one more hour of, of them eating comfortably, it's just going to show up in the tank and that's going to help our family out. Can you share some numbers with me here, Tucker? Tell me a price of the project and, you know, for how many trees you planted. So we planted over a little over 1,200 trees. Um, we planted black walnut, we planted honey locust, and then we put a hybrid poplar in between. The trees were the cheapest part of the whole project, number-wise. The expensive thing is the shelters that go over top of them. Um, we planted on two different days, and it was 12 people. We had 12 volunteers each day. We basically spent 12 hours, so six hours a day planting. We split up in the teams, 1,200 trees, you know, 12 hours, 12 people. And the offset was I mean, it's like 600 cars off the road. The, the price of the shelters, and now, you know, looking back at it four or five months later, um, is super cheap compared to not having them because it's like a little greenhouse, number one, over the tree. And when I thought, you know, shelters on them, you know, I was thinking like the tubes you can buy at your hardware store to put around trees. That That is not what these are. These are, <clears throat> I think they were like $6.20. They come with a stake. They zip ties or twisty ties that go over. So the stake goes in, the shelter goes on top, and then there's a net that goes on, on the very top to stop birds from, from getting in. These shelters, if we didn't have them, we found out what what did happen or what would happen right away. The, the nice little forest creatures came out and snipped the trees right off. So they're, they're super valuable. You go through all that work and mulching and 1,200 trees and and then to have them snipped off or, or buck rub, you know, or, or something like that, you know, in the future. Because we're just planting little whips. And here we are. This was May 5th, I think, was our first first planting. And uh, here we are in September, and we're pulling the tops off of the, you know, the four-and-a-half, five-foot shelters that are over top of the trees. They really took off. And we couldn't afford shelters for, for all the trees, but the ones that are in the shelters, um, their growth is just unbelievable. So Organic Valley did pitch in for this project, correct? Organic Valley, yeah, they helped help me do the organization and the mapping. Um, we've So we've got projects going on with, with our pasture along with this and, and figuring out just exactly how we can turn this into something valuable like the carbon credits. So besides, so we're, we're talking, you know, <laughs> intrinsic value, uh, value the, the farm right now looks like a Kentucky horse farm with all the, all the fencing and the white shelter. So we had to put a fence on both sides of these trees. I think we were up over four and a half miles of fencing, me and the kids, and back my wife getting these fences out, you know, to protect the trees on both sides. That that was one of my major costs right there. And it's all step and post, you know, for most of it. 
and um, yeah, and time consuming, you know, getting them up there. And, you know, <laughs> the spring when everything was basically we had no fences when we did the projects, so we could go right through. And then uh, as the cows were getting into grazing season, end of May, one one row by one row, we uh, we put them up. The the thing that that helped us because this is not something that we could afford to do. Well, kind of like I you know kind of said in the beginning, if it wasn't a team effort and the Nature Conservancy and Savannah Institute and and uh, we got a long list of, of people that chipped in one way or another to make it something that we could afford. So Tucker, as a dairy farmer whose cooperative is investing in its supply chain to become carbon neutral, how do you feel about it? Are the incentives worth it? I want a you know a chance for my kids to farm too. And when I took over the farm, you know, that we're we're on right now, Becky's home farm, I didn't farm exactly the same way they did. And in those changes, you know, and as time goes on, I'm looking at this project, you know, 25 years out. So when I'm done milking, it would say my, my, you know, Trent or Lana don't want to take over. And if they do, they probably won't do it the same way that I'm doing it. The good thing is Organic Valley offers, you know, many different options. You know, there's different ways to farm. Um, like, for example, Trent, you know, he, he's been talking, you know, he's only 13 years old, but since he was six, he's already drawing out his own farm-to-table operation. So you think about what this, you know, the tree's going to look like in even 10 years. It's aesthetically so pleasing. And then you think a bigger picture of what we're doing to offset our carbon for the planet. And then, you know, you shrink it back down and you look at what we're doing just for our own watershed. We're not here to take what we can right now and not leave anything for our next generation. What, what we're trying to do as a co-op is make something sustainable that, you know, it's going to last many generations. What about from an economic lens? What what the possibilities are. So with the carbon credits and if we, if our land becomes more valuable, that we, you know, we can make more off of, you know, per acre, it allows us to expand and compete with, you know, some, because you know, we rent quite a bit of land. So we have the home farm. We have my home farm. We run that one too. And then rental ground around to do it in these kinds of practices. You know, it might give us the buying power to compete against people that are willing to pay more without doing these conservation practices, which doesn't, doesn't help everybody. And uh, we're in a situation where as things, you know, heat up over the next how many years, you know, how, how are we going to be sustainable and how are we going to make this go? And by, making our land a little more valuable. It might give us the leverage to <clears throat> rent other lands that we wouldn't have had a chance to, and we can grow this. And there you have it. More than 1,200 trees planted on Tucker Greedebeck's family's farm to provide shade for his grazing dairy cows. The trees also take carbon out of the atmosphere. This is a part of Organic Valley's effort to reach a net zero carbon footprint. Tucker Greedebeck farms outside of Cashton. He also sits on the Monroe County Climate Change Task Force. His kids are the fifth generation on the family farm. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff.